Hello, I'm Chris, and this is Royalty Free Audiobooks, where I read classic books in the public domain to you. I'm so glad you're here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Welcome to the fifth episode of Royalty Free Audiobooks, and this fifth chapter of the Inferno section of Dante's Divine Comedy. Um, if you've listened to any of my other episodes, you you know what I'm about to say, and that's I am not a professional audiobook reader by any means. Um, I'm probably going to stumble over some words. I'm going to try to edit out anything that's egregiously difficult to listen to, uh, but this is not going to be a highly um, produced podcast by any means. Um it's going to just be like, you know, a friend reading a story to you. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going for here. So, uh, I've had a really good time so far reading through this. It's been great reading this classic novel. And, uh, and I hope that if you've been listening, that you're enjoying it as well. So without any further chatter from me, let's move on to Canto 5 of The Inferno the first section of Dante's Divine Comedy. Canto V. The Second Circle. Minos, the Wanton, the Infernal Hurricane, Francesca de Rimini. Thus I descended out of the first circle, down to the second, that less space be girds and so much greater dole that goads to wailing. There standeth Minos, horribly, and snarls, examines the transgressions at the entrance, judges and sends according as he girds them. I say that when the spirit evil-born cometh before him, wholly it confesses. And this discriminator of transgressions seeth what place in hell is meet for it, girds himself with his tail as many times as grades he wishes it should be thrust down. Always before him, many of them stand. They go by turns, each one unto the judgment. They speak and hear, and then are downward hurled. O thou that to this dolorous hostelry comest, said Minos to me when he saw me, leaving the practice of so great an office. Look how thou entrest, and in whom thou trustest. Let not the portal's amplitude deceive thee. And unto him, my guide, why criest thou too? Do not impede his journey, fate ordained. It is so willed there where is power to do that which is willed, and ask no further question. And now begin the dulcet notes to grow, audible unto me. Now I am come there where much lamentation strikes upon me. I came into a place mute of all light, which bellows as the sea does in a tempest, if by opposing winds tis combated. The infernal hurricane that never rests hurtles the spirits onward in its rapine, whirling them round and smiting it molests them. When they arrive before the precipice, 
There are the shrieks, the plaints, and the laments. There they blaspheme the puissance divine. I understood that under such torment, the carnal malefactors were condemned, who reason subjugated to appetite. And as on wings of sterlings bear them on, in the cold season in large band in full, so doth that blast the spirits maldict. It hither, thither, downward, upward drives them. No hope doth comfort them forevermore, not of repose, but even of lesser pain. And as the cranes go chanting forth their lays, making in air a long line of themselves, so saw I coming, uttering lamentations, shadows borne onward by the aforesaid stress. Whereupon I said, Master, who are those people whom the black air so castigates? The first of those of whom intelligence thou fains would have, then said unto me, The Empress was of many languages. To sensual vices she was so abandoned, that lustful she made illicit in her law, to remove the blame to which she had been led. She is Samarius, of whom we read, that she succeeded Ninus, and was his spouse. She held the land which now the sultan rules. The next is she who killed herself for love, and broke faith with the ashes of Cyxesus, then Cleopatra the voluptuous, Helen I saw, for whom so many ruthless seasons revolved, and saw the great Achilles, who at the last hour combated with love. Paris I saw, Tristan, and more than a thousand shades did he name and point out with his finger, whom love had separated from our life. After that I had listened to my teacher, naming the dames of Eld and Cavaliers, Pity prevailed, and I was nigh bewildered. And I began, O poet, willingly speak would I to those two who go together, and seem upon the wind to be so light, and he to me. Thou'lt mark, when they shall be nearer to us, and then do thou implore them by love which leadeth them, and they will come. Soon as the wind in our direction sways them, my voice uplift I. O ye weary souls, come speak to us, if no one interdicts it. As turtle doves called onward by desire, with open and steady wings to the sweet nest, fly through the air by their volition borne, so came they from the band where Dido is, approaching us athwart the air malign. So strong was the affectionate appeal. O living creature, gracious and benedite, who visiting go through the purple air, us who have stained the world incarnadine, if were the king of the universe our friend, we would pray unto him to give thee peace, since thou hast pity on our woe perverse. Of what it pleases thee to hear and speak, that will we hear, and we will speak to you. Well, silent is the wind as it is now. Sitteth the city where I was born, upon the seashore where the Po descends, to rest in peace with all his retinue. Love that on gentle heart doth swiftly seize, seized this man for the person beautiful, 
that was taken from me, and still the mode offends me. Love that exempts no one, beloved from loving, seized me with pleasure of this man so strongly, that as thou seest, it doth not yet desert me. Love has conducted us unto one death. Cana weigheth him who quenched our life. These words were borne along from them to us. As soon as I heard those souls tormented, I bowed my face, and so long held it down until the poet said to me, What thinkest? When I made answer, I began, Alas, how many pleasant thoughts, how much desire conducted these unto the dolorous pass. Then unto them I turned me and spake, and I began, Thine agonies, Francesca, sad and compassionate to weeping make me. But tell me, at the time of those sweet sighs, by what and in what manner love conceded, that thou should know your dubious desires. And she to me, there is no greater sorrow than to be mindful of the happy time in misery, and that thy teacher knows. But if to recognize the earliest root of love in us, thou hast so great desire, I will do even as he who weeps and speaks. One day we reading were for our delight of Launcelot, how love did him enthrall. Alone we were and without any fear. Full many a time our eyes together drew that reading and drove the color from our faces. But one point only was it that o'ercame us, when as we read of the much longed for smile being by such a noble lover kissed, this one who ne'er from me shall be divided kissed me upon the mouth all palpitating. Galeto was the book, and he who wrote it. That day no farther did we read therein, and all the while one spirit uttered this, that other one did weep so, that for pity I swooned away as if I had been dying, and fell even as a dead body falls. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Royalty Free Audiobooks. I hope you enjoyed the reading, and I hope to see you again next time.